Hi, my name is Joseph and welcome to Digimon Seekers Chapter 3, Unit 11, Digital Missing in Action. So right off the bat, I'm noticing that this chapter does not say Part 1. Um, we'll see that continues next week. Right now it just says Unit 11, Digital Missing in Action. And before we continue with the quote itself, just right off the bat, I'm loving how despite the cover picture for Chapter 3 containing Yulin, we don't begin from her perspective, nor do we begin with Eiji interacting with Yulin, but rather we begin with a backstory of Tartarus. Uh, we, we were getting our first instance, our, our first point of view from Tartarus, Tartarus's perspective and his Digimon Doromon. The reason why I like that so much is just because if one has ever read, for example, A Song of Fire and Ice, the series, a lot of the books, they're, the, when they begin, the chapters, it's not uncommon where it's from a point of view of a completely random character. A character who's not one of the protagonists, not even one of the main secondary characters, but quite literally just a side character. Um, really awesome, really cool. Uh, again, I'm only appreciating that just because to me, that's a sign that Bandai Namco is taking the writing quite seriously. So I do appreciate that. So let's get right into it. The first quote I want to look at, the gatekeeper Digimon, as they're quickly known, Descend like a swarm of locusts upon any who dare attempt to get through the firewall. With the lack and wall stats or power, they make up for they make up for by attacking in hordes of hundreds or thousands at a time. The SOC unit, on the other hand, consisted of a handful of ultimate level Digimon. Everyone in the elite crew was an S-tier code cracker, but they couldn't hope to defeat an army of thousands, assuming the enemy forces were even uh, finite in the first place. Time to get to work, Doromon. We're moving to phase three. Tartarus said from Digi uh, excuse me, let me start that over. Time to get to work, Doramon. We're moving to phase three, Tartarus said from the uh, from Doramon's Digicore as he sent some commands through his software tool. Got it, the rookie Digimon replied, initiating his in in initiating his devolution first to champion, then to ultimate. So right off the bat, <laughs> again, I just don't like how the pronouns that's being used for Digimon. First they were utilizing its and its, and that's why I was changing the pronoun to uh, him and his for Postmon and Logomon. But, but then by the end of that last uh, part of chapter 2, I noticed that they start utilizing they-them pronouns. Which is, I think, much better than it. Because it tends to imply that, well, it's not alive. And as the story likes to remind us, or at least it used to at the beginning, Digimon are alive, right? So <laughs> I was never a fan of utilizing the word or the pronoun it for the Digimon. But yet... At the beginning of this chapter, we're, we're, we're reverting back to the it pronoun instead of they, them. I would have much preferred they, them over it because, again, it kind of implies a lack of, uh, uh, well, life. Uh, anywho, I know, any, anywho, I know that was a quick tangent. It's just it caught me off guard. Um, so let me read that last part again. Got it, the rookie Digimon replied, initiating his digivolution first to champion, then to ultimate. Anywho, sorry. Um, I didn't notice that the first time I read it, surprisingly. Uh, anyway, so why did I choose this quote? It really reminds me of Halo Reach. So let me quickly explain. So I love how this the story so far is implying and also the, the, the picture that's, that occupies this chapter uh, implies that the rest of the group, the Sons of Chaos, they're on their ultimate level already. Yet Tartarus, he's not. He's still at his rookie level. I think it makes sense as we continue with the part why he's still in his rookie level. Again, keeping in mind the... L link and everything like that, the mind link and the L uh, the L limit and how long one has, uh, more than likely 
they save Tartarus from not digivolving in order to save him for the final act of their plan. Uh, but I just can't help but be reminded of Halo Reach. Specifically, there's a portion in Halo Reach towards the end where Noble team is walking through a secret facility and the rest of Noble squad is surrounding Noble leader Carter. And Carter has his weapon holstered. Uh, it's on his back, his assault rifle, his pistols on his side. He's just walking through the facility completely at ease. Um, not showing really any concern that there possibly are hostiles in the area. Uh, despite the fact that the group Nobu Team just fought through enemies. I love how Nobu Team surrounds Carter. And that implies that Carter trusts his team enough that if anything were to uh, happen or occur, they would get into action, allowing him the time to unholster his weapon and join the fray, right? I can't help but be reminded, about, uh, be reminded of that scene from this uh, passage because we have the rest of the team in their ultimate levels and then we have Doramon and Tartarus who uh, maybe they're not just walking but they're just kind of not part of the fray currently. Not because they're weak but because they're part of a part, a part of a bigger plan. Uh, I just really like this passage and the characterization that it puts into the Sons of Chaos. We already know that uh, up to the uh, last mission, Operation Infinity, uh, that the Sons of Chaos had successes and they've never had anyone go into a, a DMIA. So again, we know now that Tartarus is an individual who keeps his team in mind, but not only that, it seems like he keeps them in mind because he knows how to work as a community. He knows how to work within a team and how to lead a team. Uh, I just really enjoyed that passage. Uh, moving on, the interface on Doro Greymon's head, so Doromon has evolved, uh, began to glow. Characters made of pure light began to appear on the surface of the massive metal sphere. Code, commencing crack. Contact with the gateway in 10, 9, 8. Doro Greymon uh, intoned as the metal meteor began its descent. The army of gatekeepers, rather than flee, raced directly underneath the metal meteor. They piled in next to one another, all pressing against a, project a projectile, trying with the combined might to lift it back up and away from the getway. They're trying to stop it, Tartarus. Let them try. Keep going. The middle uh, meteor continued its swift descent and made contact with the gateway, crushing the gatekeepers in its path. So what I find so interesting about this passage is these gatekeepers, um, I'm really imagining this scene of how they're all attacking the rest of the Sons of Chaos, but once Doro Greymon initiates his attack to break into the gate, the gatekeepers shift their uh, their strategy and they all swarm, they rush under this attack. It's a really cool visual to envision, in my opinion. And it really uh, really helps to highlight how these gatekeepers, well as their name implies, they really don't want anyone to uh, break into the gate. They want to make sure they protect it. And this also implies that if the rest of the team started attacking these gatekeepers while they were trying to stop the meteor, they probably wouldn't try to defend themselves. And again, I think that adds a little bit more to the situation that's going on. Um, I, I Again, I know I keep saying they would appreciate it, but I do appreciate that. It just adds so much to the scene. And I also appreciate the confidence from Tartarus. They're trying to stop it, Tartarus. Let them try. Keep going. <laughs> um, that's just very cool. To me, it doesn't sound like it's arrogance. Rather, just confidence. Uh, Tartarus, I'm sure, has a lot of faith with Doromon, and I'm sure he has faith within his team as well, these Sons of Chaos. We really know that he's a determined individual. It's not a coincidence that the part begins with his cussing uh, adventurers, and uh, uh, um, and uh, we, we shift over to, I, I was going to say pioneers, adventurers, and pioneers, um, because the adventure types are the ones who discover the new world, and then we have the pioneers who settled the new world. Uh, and we have Tartarus, who 
discovering this no this new digital world, he took uh, wasted no time and trying to discover what he wanted to pay attention to, the things that he wants to uncover and unveil, and thus he created the Sons of Chaos. Obviously, Tartarus is a very determined individual. I can't wait to find out more about him, maybe even about his history. So moving on. Uh, spottery lines of light began to stretch across the gateway, radiating, radiating out like cracks in glass. The gateway was breaking. A massive metallic thud vibrated through the air, followed by low groans as the gateway continued to strain. The remaining gatekeepers swarmed Dora Greymon in a last-ditch effort to stop the Digimon attacking the gateway. You think you can stop us? Maximum firepower, everybody. We just need to buy him another minute, Marvin shouted. The, entire, the entirety of the SOC group launched everything they had at the gatekeepers. So here, again, I think really emphasizes the team, how they work together. They're not working individually. So the gatekeepers, realizing that they can't stop this attack, they instead go to the source of the attack, who is Dora Greymon. And I didn't read it before this, when Dora Greymon initiated his attack, the rest of the team, they backed up a little bit. Um, and also because they were being swarmed as well, Tartarus didn't want them to become, I'm going to assume not to get hurt, uh, so they backed up once they evolved. And uh, I'm only mentioning that detail because I think it adds, that context adds to this scene uh, when Marvin says, or with the remaining gatekeepers swarmed Dora Greymon in last ditch effort to stop the Digimon attacking the gateway. You think you can stop us? Maximum firepower, everybody. We just need to buy him another minute, Marvin shouted. I love how without any hesitation, without any command from Tartarus, Tartarus is not to say, uh, we need support. Uh, diverge their fire or whatever it may be. What's that term when on? Suppressing fire, right? Suppress their attack. We need suppressive fire to get more time. Tartarus just keeps doing what he needs to do. And Marvin, I'm going to assume he is the second in command. As soon as he sees that Tartarus needs assistance, what does he do? He takes the initiative and he tells the rest of the group, we need to stop. Uh, they're going to attack Dora Greymon. Uh, we need to stop them and buy them that time. I just really appreciate that. Really emphasizes how this group uh, I would argue they're not just a terrorist group, they're a group of brothers, a camaraderie. Kind of like Robin Hood and his band of thieves, quote unquote, right? When I say thieves, that sounds negative. In the same way that the SOC at the start of the story seemed to be negative, but I argue has positive elements. Uh, we are going to discover their go a little bit, the source code that's not here for the next passage. But what do they do? What do they want to do with that source code? I'm sure we'll discover more about that as the story continues. A previously loud and conspicuous humming that had simply faded into the background ceased, and the sudden silence was jarring. Dora Greymon's metal meteor had completely ground to a halt. The code that lit up its surface began to fade, and the decoding progress bar stopped just beyond 30%. What's happening, Dora Greymon? Tartarus barked. Process terminated. This is as far as we could. Uh, this is as far as we get with the power of a single prototype Digimon. Dora Greymon said coolly. Just as we hypothesized, Tartarus said with a heavy sigh. The gate requires a trap, a chipper, a chipper, a trip or tight. The gate requires a chipper tight key. Excuse me, I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. We need all three attributes in order to crack it. We are in need of two more prototype Digimon: a virus type and a vaccine type. All of them must be ultimate level, and I must attempt to crack the gate simultaneously. Dobremon continued, "You're a data type. Yoling's Ryodomon is a vaccine type." We just need one more, Tartarus said to himself, looking out the gateway through Dora Greymon's eyes. So this really says a lot about Tartarus. He's obviously aware, much more aware than EG, I would argue more than likely Leon, 
and Yulin even. Probably the professor uh, is the only one that Tartarus is either equal or uh, not as knowledgeable uh, when compared to this character. Again, the professor has more knowledge, possibly. But what am I talking about? The fact that right off the bat, Tartarus is aware about prototype Digimon. So how did he discover that? Uh, did he discover uh, Doromon in the same way that Logomon was discovered? Uh, was Logom was Doromon uh, just a wild Digimon and and um, Tartarus just found him and they formed a link, right? I'm really looking forward to discovering that information because so far we know that EG got Logomon through the professor, and we know that Yulene has a relationship with the professor and she has with Yudomon. I think most of the readers were probably assuming slash deducing that she got her Digimon through the professor. So then, where did Tartarus get Doramon from? And how is he aware about Ryudimon as well? Um, since this is the past, this more than likely, it's a flashback, this more than likely means that there was no partner yet for Logomon. And the fact that he says we just need one more, and also, also implies that he's not, he being Tartarus, is not aware that the third Digimon, the third prototype Digimon is Logomon specifically. So, yeah, it is very curious. Uh, is the professor working with Tartarus? Did Tartarus get Duromon through the professor? If that is true, then it would make sense why Tartarus knows so much. It wouldn't surprise me if the professor was letting him know, giving him information. But if that's not true, again, where did Tartarus get Doromon from? The beginning of this part of this chapter, excuse me, because I'm so used to the parts. The beginning of this chapter does indicate that Tartarus is a, um, a go-getter. He's not just one to sit passively by and do nothing. But I don't think that's enough to explain how he how he formed his relationship with Doromon. Again, I'm really looking forward to that in the future. And also what I like about this so much is that the story just flat out just tells the audience, yes, these three Digimon will more than likely be working together. It might be foreshadowing, working together as partners or working together because they're going to be forced because of an external factor. Kind of like Fumetal Alchemist Brotherhood with Scar's character who was the antagonist at first working against the protagonists. But spoilers, it's an old anime though, slash manga. But then by the end, he ends up working with them as allies, right? So who knows? Uh, is, could this be foreshadowing that they will be working as a team in the future? Or will they just be forced to work together because of external factors? Yggdrasil and his royal guardian, um, royal knights, excuse me, <laughs> royal guardians, royal knights. They're going to be enough of an issue forcing everyone else to come together. Let me make sure that's everything I want to look at. Yeah. Going on to the next quote, it remained firmly shut, the gate, uh, the gate, the gate remained firmly shut like someone had placed a lid on a volcano. This gateway, Daryl Grimont interjected, has been here a long time, I'm sure you know, as I'm sure you know. It predates the existence of the Waslam. Of course it did. It was only through the advent of humanity connecting to the internet and developing their own network that the real and digital worlds discovered one another, which resulted in the digital world reconstruct, uh, in the digital world constructing the gateway and response that in turn led to a large data drift. That in turn led to large data drifts near the gateway and scores of Digimon who could not return to the, to the digital world. These exiles banded together and built the Waslam. It might as well be a prehistoric artifact to them, is what you're saying. Precisely, to them it's a door that requires three ancient organic keys, three magical good luck charms, if you like. Dora Greymon replied. But this gate hides what we seek, doesn't it, Dora Greymon? Yes, Dora Greymon said flapping its wings gently in agreement. Beyond the gateway lies the deaths, as you call them, and the source code. So this is really cool, even though uh, we're not getting any direct information about E.G. and Logo, uh, E.G. and Leon, we now can uh, infer that where 
EG and Leon had their battle. That's where Leon's been taken into the deaths. And uh, where they were fighting at was essentially, possibly, uh, they could have been fighting on top of the gateway for all we know. They just didn't know it was the gateway. Uh, we mustn't forget that the fighting location, the setting that EG had chosen, he chose for strategic purposes. Um, it wasn't just in the regular Waslum, but a little bit away from there. Um, uh, but yeah, hopefully that makes sense. And um, yeah, I just really like this quote because of the world building that it's doing essentially. Giving us more information about the digital world, more information about how we're connected with the real world, and the perspectives that Digimon have within this uh, society as well. Uh, I think they're doing a great job with the world building, and in connection with the world building, we're getting more and more about what the protagonist, or shouldn't I say protagonist, but the characters and their goals, objectives, uh, what they possibly want, the source code. Well, what is this source code? As explained, um, and Tartarus continued getting to the heart of the matter. Tartarus continued, uh, excuse me, let me start over. And the source code, Tartarus continued getting to the heart of the matter. The, what did you call it in the real world? World, the Holy Grail, Dora Grimmon asked. The thing with which all manner of miracles are possible, and the thing with which one must, uh, with what, and the thing which no one must ever possess, then perhaps you should abandon your search. Indeed, the source code beyond the gateway has a power to change the world. We cannot simply know how it would change the world, but I believe. It will be better than the world as presently constructed, Doro Greymon said similarly, and I will be the one to change it. You're a regular revolutionary, aren't you? Tartarus mused. For example, which revolutionary from your history would you compare me to? Oh, that's not for me to say. Revolutionaries are judged in the eyes of history long after their deaths, Tartarus said, feigning ignorance. I do not wish to die, nor do I, but there are things worth risking one's life for. Tartarus switched to the private line to Doro Greymon, so they continue the conversation undisturbed. We Digimon are born of chaos, and Digivolution is the fate that has been thrust upon us. And humans are right there beside you. Over the last 2,000 years, you've simply become adept, excuse me, edipt. You've simply become adept at gaming the system, so to speak. So again, this has a lot within the passage. Let's start at the end of it first. Um, we're getting more characterization about Tartarus. At the start of the story, it wouldn't be surprising if most of us, us being the readers, thought of Tartarus as an individual who did not care about Digimon, who only used Digimon as tools and viewed the digital world as something to be conquered, something to uh, be subservient to the real world. The more we discover about Tartarus though, I'm going to argue that that's pushing back against the assumptions that some of us may have had. That's definitely true for me at the very least. <laughs> the more we discover about Tartarus, the more that I'm realizing that Tartarus does care about Digimon, does care about the digital world, and there seems to be a common denominator between most of these characters so far. We have E.G. who wants to change the world. We have Leon who, although never explicitly states he wants to change the world, I would argue that his actions has the possibility to do that, right? Uh, why, why is Leon so adamant about being a vigilante or a, uh, a hacker? Because he's seen the consequences of what occurs from code crackers, and I would argue that has an effect upon the world. So although, again, he hasn't explicitly stated it, I would argue Leon, he's changing the world also, or wants to change the world. Now we have Tartarus, not just Tartarus, but his partner Digimon, who I'm not going to lie, kind of sounds a little bit like Thanos. I like that little portion right here uh, when, when Doro Greymon states... Um, The source, code, the source code beyond the gateway has the power to change the world. We cannot possibly know how it will change the world, but I believe it will be better 
than the world has presently constructed, and I will be the one to change it. <laughs> um, obviously, though, and hopefully not as antagonistical as Thanos, but I was reminded about that a little bit. Uh, but Tartarus and Dora Greymon, what do they both want to do? They both want to have an impact upon the world as well. And I would argue that Yolene, although we haven't discovered or heard anything about her yet, it wouldn't shock me if somehow, even if it's not explicitly stated, it's just implied that she also has a desire to impact the world as well. I'm only bringing this detail up because I don't think it's a coincidence that so far the professor has some connection to the rest of the linker strap holders. And so far, we don't know there is any connection with Tartarus yet. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there was, though. The professor was actually, if he was the one that did give Tartarus Doraemon. And um, yeah, but again, we'll see in the future how this plays out. In addition to that, what I like about this quote, uh, I liked, so I already discussed it, but I liked how it really characterizes Doromon. He, re he, he kind of reminds me of Logomon a little bit without the sass, without the attitude. It seems, uh, Logomon, I would argue, uh, is a little bit cocky, um, varying on the edge of arrogance, uh, but he's able to support that, right? He's, he, 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 he talks because he knows that he can walk. That, that phrase, right? I'll talk and no uh, walk. Logomon, he is talk, but he's also walk. I can't help but get the same impression from Doromon, except the only difference is that Doromon um, just doesn't have that attitude, the same attitude that, that Logomon has. I'm really looking forward to Ryudomon and how he will be acting. Wouldn't surprise me if Ryudomon is more the stoic type, the stoic, respectful type, while this Doromon is the stoic, arrogant type. And the Logomon is just the uh, arrogant, um, loudmouth type a little bit, right? <laughs> Again, I don't mean this as a negative, as an attack on the characterization of these three Digimon so far. I love all three of them, uh, Logomon, Doromon, and although Yudomon hasn't been introduced yet, the way that his dialogue and speaking with Yolene in parts to chapter two, at the beginning of it, uh, I'm really looking forward to further interactions. Oh wait, what was it, chapter one? Uh, anyways, one one has been reading, they'll, they'll know what I'm referring to. And then lastly, I like again with the world building, what is the source code? Well, to help give it some insight for the readers, us being the readers, well, let's make it akin to the Holy Grail. As a Holy Grail being an artifact, a mythological artifact that has power, well, now we, the readers, know, ooh, the source code. It's obviously a source of power. What kind of power? What can it do? We know that it could change uh, the quote-unquote world, what that means, I'm sure we'll discover as we continue with the story. And then lastly, I like how the thing which all matter miracles are possible, the thing which no one must ever possess, that's Tartarus, then perhaps you should abandon your search. Indeed. <laughs> so, I just like that little, that not, uh, that banter between Tartarus and Doromon, Doragreymon. I don't believe Doragreymon was being sincere when he said that. I do believe that he also wants to get the source code. It's already been implied, right? After this, that he wants to change the world. It was just Dora Greymon, I think, um, just having fun with Tartarus, just emphasizing their relationship. So the last quote I want to look at, the middle meteor at last came to a complete halt and now began to show cracks of its own. The screeching sound of metal being rent in, uh, being rent in fits and starts echoed throughout the caldera. The code, Caldera, excuse me, the code along its surface began to warp and break apart. Something was destroying the metal meteor from the other side of the gates. From the deaths. They're here, Doro Greymon shouted. Loath as all Waslam Digimon were to actually give name to the creature that was likely fighting back. One of the 13 royal knights, the guardians of Yggdrasil. Marvin taught everyone to fall back, Tartarus yelled into the voice chat. You heard him. Fall back unless you want to be DMIA, Marvin shouted. One by one. 
One by one, the SOC Digimon began to flee without hesitation. Dora Greymon and Tataris took off after them. The gateway receded into the distance. Each and every one of them knew they didn't stand a chance against one of the Royal Knights, not even as a team. The Royal Knights, Tartarus said softly to himself, looking back at the gateway as Doro Greymon carried them further into the air. He then watched through Doro Greymon's eyes as a flash of light split the metal meteor in two and it disintegrated. What neither the Codecracker Tartarus nor his partner Digimon uh, Doromon knew at the time was that it would be many, many more years before they would attempt to crack the gateway again. Uh, what a way to end this first part for chapter 3. Uh, again, this seems more like an interlude. Uh, I know last week we our intermission, or, or what's the word that I'm looking for? This, uh, this seems more like a... Uh, uh, oh, I'm having a lapse of judgment right now. For me, it's the morning. But uh, uh, the portion that comes, not an epilogue, but the opposite of an epilogue, uh, an introductory element, a hook that comes before the start of chapter 1 itself. But I can't help but feel, maybe that's why it doesn't say part 1, right? Maybe this is meant to be a sort of um, secondary intermission. Uh, it's just, again, I, I'm really loving, so far with each release of chapters, I'm loving how Bandai Mamco is really taking the writing seriously. Uh, so far, oh, excuse me, everyone. Oh, no. Uh, I, I, I meant to click on the video to, to bring it back up. I clicked on the wrong thing. Though. Okay, we're going to go. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I love how it's looking like they are taking this quite seriously, this project. And... Um, each new iteration, with, or rather, let me start over. Each new chapter, I just love how it's introducing something a little bit differently. So let me quickly explain. Chapter one was great. Chapter two uh, introduced better translations, uh, and I really appreciated that. I think that really helped for the digestion of the story. And now, chapter two also introduced intermissions. And now, with chapter three, we have the introduction of an of a of a of an interlude before the actual beginning of the story. So again, it wouldn't shock me if next week was the actual part one. I will see how they're going to name uh, the titles as we continue forward from here. But I really did appreciate chapter three. Really looking forward to the uh, more uh, world building, more characterization, and more history of all these uh, of, of all these individuals. And uh, of course, with Yolene being in the cover of chapter three. I am really looking forward to getting more information about the Digipolice. I feel like the Digipolice has been really absent from the story so far, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to be at the forefront now. And then really quickly, the title of this, Unit 11, Digital Missing in Action. So the DMIA, that's obviously going to be the focal point, and obviously because of Leon, right? Really excited for everything that's going to occur. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Leon? Do you think he's still alive? Do you think he's in a coma? Do you think he's traversing the deaths right now. I think right now that's probably what's going on. Um, kind of like um, they found a, a little cave and they're hiding out in that cave and Postman Leon goes out to scavenge and everything like that. We'll go ahead and see what occurs, right? It wouldn't surprise me when the group, the group being, I'm already assuming, uh, uh, deducing slash assuming that E.G. Leon and even possibly Tartarus, um, Leon, I'm sorry, E.G. Yulene and even possibly Tartarus when they go in to rescue Leon and maybe Leon wouldn't come out from the side, uh, from the sidebar, uh, all of a sudden saving the rest of the group. Oh, Leon, you are safe. This is awesome. You are uh, safe and sound, right? <laughs> Anyways, again, thank you so much for listening and watching. As always, I really do appreciate it. Oh, and by the way, excuse me so much. For those of you who leave comments, I always do appreciate that. I always do my best to get back to you as soon as I can. I know this week um, I did. I was really poor about that. Uh, professionally, it was really busy for me. Uh, so that was that's the reason why uh, I haven't responded back. So please do forgive me about that. I am planning to respond as soon as I can after I post this. And I always do thank everyone for the patience 
uh, with myself and for the quality and of uh, my videos and everything like that. Again, thank you so much. Have a pro digits day and take care.